Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to another late night edition of TC Live, wrapping up the action at the National Bank Open in Toronto and Montreal. We are presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th Anniversary Celebration Tennis Channel, the happiest place on earth all week long. Here's what's coming up over the next 30 minutes. With the semifinal spot on the line and a shot to break into the top 10, Coco Golf's run hit a snag Friday in Toronto. Plus, Rafa has recovered from his Wimbledon injury, and he looks ready to go. We'll explain his path to regaining the number one ranking next week. And we continue our celebration of Serena Williams with our Tennis Honors Series. And we'll reveal which recent major champion she will face in the first round in Cincinnati. With that, we welcome you back into our studios in Santa Monica, California. The Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big wall and... Coach to the stars, Paul Anacone, right next to me. Great to the see only, you, Paul. The only reason I'm here is Jess found me chocolate chip cookies and Samoas to get me through. And Samoas. Yep. Wow, the Girl, Girl Scout cookies keeping I'm you through all, the late I'm nights. All, I'm all good now. I'm sugared up, ready to go. Big happy birthday to Pete Sampras. That's right, Pistol. Happy birthday. How old is he now? Andy, Fine. how old is Pete? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I I try not to think about him after the last whooping he put on me back in the day. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. I was about three rounds before that, but happy birthday, Pete. Happy Glad birthday, finally, Pistol. Good finally happened here, yeah. Yeah, you're catching up to me. Big 5-1 for <laughs> Pistol. Uh, we start the show with the man who had won nine matches in a row, none other than Nick Kyrgios, back inside the top 30 and rising, but taking on an opponent today in Hubie Hercotch, who, by the way, the only former Masters 1000 champ left in the draw, Andy, in Montreal, and this was a battle back and forth. Yeah, similar to their match in Hollow this year. Big serving took the day. Both of them trying to be aggressive, establish it. And Curios with a little bender passing shot up the line there. Love watching him create different angles and spins. But Hercotch will not go away. Moves very well for a bigger guy. Kind of mump, kind of walks a little weirdly around the court. Kind of doesn't look like he's going to be as fast as he is. And then you get into a point, and he goes like full Yoda on you, right? Like he just gets everywhere at once. But Hercotch takes the first set. Burns up that return. Very similar to Imagine Holly. But credit to Nick Curios. Like he's done all week, maybe some tired legs, but is hanging in there, is fighting, and all of a sudden, you know, they like the no look also. Kind of turn Hercotch into a mannequin. But credit to Curios. Fighting through, trying to, dare I say, becoming a little bit more competitive. Steve Weissman, look at the movement here. This phenomenal entertainment. And this is the part where we're supposed to pretend like we're actually sorry when we actually pull this off. We a lot of disingenuity in tennis with our uh, mock apologies, but Curious fires a big ace there like he's known to do. Gets to that second set. We're getting into the third, and it was all her cut. Was dialed in from the third set. Curious had to be feeling those heavy legs from Washington, from the big mental toll from his run at Wimbledon. And you can see right there, legs just weren't moving. Maybe his brain was into it, but his body seemingly gave out. But credit to Hercotch for staying tough, finishing the job. That's two wins in a row for Hercotch over Kyrgios. 
He changed clothes, took a five-minute break after that second set. Nick was not happy about that, but Hubie Hercotch, big-time win, combined 97 winners between the two as we take a look at our Walt Disney World Resort 50th Anniversary Celebration Match Summary. Hercotch, he has been serving spectacular all-tournament, had more aces than Nick with 20, saved all six break points, half the unforced errors of Kyrgios, and Hubie Hercotch joined Prakash at our desk after. 1000. This year, a couple of quarterfinals. This is your second semi in a Masters 1000. Do you feel like you're you're the favorite at this stage? No. Uh, regardless with the draw? No. Who's in it? No. Just kind of taking it one match at a time? And, yeah, uh, and I mean, happens? definitely, no. It's, it, the level is, I mean, so good. Like, in between the guys, you know, ranked from, like, top 10, like, to, to 40 in the, in the world, like, anyone can, can, you know, can win it. Like, anyone can play a really great match, and it's... Uh, you know, just super competitive, which I think it's it's also exciting for the for the fans. So like you know, they obviously they hope Felix gonna win it, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but I hope they enjoy tennis as well. We'll call him the new uh, the new Triple H, humble Hubie Hercotch. He, he does not consider himself the favorite, Paul. Uh, what was the biggest difference in the match against Nick for you? Just the big moments, the start of the third set. You know, I think Andy talked about it. And look, it's one thing to win all these matches that Nick has. It gives you a ton of confidence, but also at some point fatigue does start to set in. And I think we start to saw, see that at the beginning of the third set. But give credit to Hercotch because after losing the second set tiebreak, very easily he could have lost his concentration for five minutes and then he could have been down a break so really nice effort for Hubie's playing great tennis and we've seen this before uh, Masters 1000 on a hard court mm -hmm. that he's very very dangerous yeah and Steve we talked about it yesterday that Hercotch has the ability to actually bully Kyrgios now I, I said as good as Medvedev is you know it's a little bit more cat and mouse where Kyrgios can kind of control the pacing control the rallies a little bit more serve and volley kind of push the pace a little bit Hercotch didn't let him do that large. It was was thumping second serve returns. When when he gets into a groove on his serve, it's as big as anyone in the game can kind of match Kyrgios service game for service game. And then, as Paul said, it comes down to those big points. And you just felt like Hercotch was a little bit fresher mentally. We were I, listen, and I've been getting giving credit to Kyrgios all week for coming off of all of those matches in DC, coming here and toughing out some good matches. I think it was still a net positive week for him, but. Hercotch definitely fresher mentally and fresher towards the ends of that third set physically as well. Absolutely, Andy. By the way, he gets seated. Nick Kyrgios does in New York, so that's a huge positive. Hercotch first semifinal in Canada. We heard Hubie talking about Felix Auger-Aliassime, the fans wanting him to win. We had a big matchup against Kasparud, both looking to make the Final Four for the first time here as well. But a tough day for the hometown kid, Paul. Looks great right there. Break it love to start, but guess what? It was all downhill after that. I'm still scratching my head trying to figure out what happened. This was a strange match. You know, Felix looked okay on the break, but then he was spraying balls everywhere today. And you cannot do that against Casper Rude. He is too buttoned up, too much margin, and hits the ball so heavy. If you're making a lot of unforced errors, there's not a good chance you're going to be putting yourself in any good yeah, yeah, yeah. positions. And Root did such a great job once the rally started using the heavy ground strokes. But really, it's still a little bit of a head scratcher because it was just one of those days where I think actually Felix maybe felt a little bit playing at home of self-imposed pressure. Just a big chance to keep going, to get to the semis of a, of a 1,000. And he just came out a little bit flat. And for a guy that looks like he has great strokes and great margin, the strokes and the margin were not there today. And Ruth did a terrific job not giving him anywhere to go or any freedom to breathe. So really nice job from Casper Ruth.
25 unforced errors for FAA, nearly three times as many as Rude. By the way, Casper Rude, don't just call him a clay quarter. 11 and 3 on hard courts this season. He's into the semifinals in Montreal. We head to the ladies in Toronto. Coco Golf, hoping to crack the top 10 with her first win against Simona Halep, has not been able to take a set off her Paul. Yeah, and this is a good matchup for Simona. She's so athletic and hits the ball so well from the baseline that she can actually put a lot of pressure consistently on the golf forehand. Good first set from Simona to get through. Second set, a little bit more of a roller coaster. They were going back and forth. Halep surfboard here at 5-4 and golf break serve. You wondered if Simona was going to take a turn to negative town. And Andy, we know we don't like to go to negative town in tennis, do we? I, not me, Paul, never. There you go. So good for Hal to hang in there. After le losing the serve, she came back and played a real good tie break, buttoned up, hit the ball well. Look, we've been waiting for her to play great tennis this year. She's close, and today this is a huge win for her to get under her belt and to build some confidence on the hard courts. It, Drake calls Toronto the six. I've never heard it called negative town. So Simona Don't take a turn in negative town. <laughs> Maybe that's Saskatoon, but it's certainly not Toronto. Simona Hallam, 29 WTA 1000 semifinals. Coco is an amazing player, and it's always tough to play against her. Today was windy again, and I struggled with the serve, but uh, we fought till the end, and uh, I think we uh, just played a great game today. Hallett moving on, and we've got the top-ranked American in the world, Jesse Pagula, also the highest-ranked player left in the draw. Saved a match point in the last round, Andy Roddick, but wouldn't have that trouble today. Yeah, opportunity knocking, and Jess Pagula has just gotten better and better as this tournament's gone on. Was a little scratchy against Camilla Georgie last round. Was not the case today. Jess Pagula had all systems firing. The deft little touch lob over Putin Seva there. And Jess has just been so solid. All she does is just put up results, let other people get the headlines. And here we have the number one American on the women's side with all the superstars that, that we have in the game right now on the American side. Jess Pagula carrying the mantle and just putting up another result, especially on the hard courts, showing the variety there at the end. That's just showing off, actually. That was that might have been a little bit rude. It was so good. The very Novak-esque with the up-the-line backhand dropper at the last minute. Too much for Putin Seva. Putin Seva says, stupid racket! But then she's like, she got it over about the time she walked away. Then she's like, all right, it's not, it wasn't, it was a racket. No, you're fine. You're cool. We, we, can, we can hug. It was the racket. Hugs for Jen. By the way, she took your lessons, Andy. She threw the racket down the right way. It didn't hurt anybody. the right way? Yeah, did she do the Andy Roddick? She did. Okay. She was one of the millions that watched the instructional video. <laughs> Listen, no one got hurt. No one got fine. Pagula moving on. It's all great. It's all great. Hugs all the way around. Yeah, uh, Paul, listen, yeah. Jess Pagula, top-ranked uh, American in the world. Now she's taking on Simona Halep, who, by the way, went back out on the practice court after her win today, wanted to work on a couple things. Who do you give the edge to in that matchup between Pagula and Halep? Well, I think Andy said something great about uh, Jesse Pagula. All she does is just win. I mean, yep. she's been out there and she's been doing it for a while now, feeling really comfortable at the top of the game. I, I think Simona's got a little more firepower, but if she's a little bit off, she's going to be in, tr in trouble. It's going to be more on Simona's racket, but you know what you're getting with Jesse. If there's any kind of cracks in the armor, Simona's going to have a hard time. Yeah, and the thing about Simona is, like, various times throughout the year, she's put two or three good matches together and rolled, and I've been like, <clears throat> all right, she's back. She's ready for a really big result, and here we are again. So it's that thing, can she get past the quarters, semis, finals, back to winning 
these tennis tennis tournaments. We know she has the ability to do it, but the motivation seems like it's there. I actually like the way that she she uh, kind of let it go against Coco, not that part, but the way that she was able to close after a disappointing game up 5-4, kind of let it let got out of her system. We've seen her kind of carry a negative emotion with her a little bit this year at, at, at tough times, but Simona Hallow looks great so far. Uh, maybe a little bit more variety than, than Jess Pagula, but Jess has form. I mean, on hard courts, there, there haven't been many better over the last couple of years. We see that matches at 1 p.m. Eastern. The Buffalo Bills also playing tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. So tough for Jess not to be able to watch her bills. But Andy, she's also playing doubles with Coco Golf. They're into the semifinals in the dubs. Coco has a chance if she wins this event to be the number one ranked doubles player in the world. What's your takeaway for Coco this tournament? I think that's quite the accomplishment. And I also I, I'm, I'm sitting here going, Gosh, you know what? I want those practice reps. I want to get on the practice court and get ready for the singles tournament in Cincinnati because ultimately that's the goal, right, is for Coco to win a singles Grand Slam. So I think she's going to probably have to start asking the question, where do I prioritize the doubles versus the singles? I don't think we can do it all, all the time. Uh, it's been a long time kind of since you've seen someone play both both uh, singles and doubles successfully deep into Grand Slams with all those stress mechanisms. So it shows that she's a, a very complete player. I, I actually love the way doubles has has helped her game throughout the years. But I, I fear that there are probably going to have to be decisions made uh, pretty soon. Andy, one, one of the things that I think the biggest thing she has to address is the forehand and the serve we've talked about. Is she more likely to get those things better by playing doubles or will it happen by practicing instead of playing doubles? Well, I think we have to separate the serve because our first serve is phenomenal. I think it's actually one of the best on tour. The, the second serve gets a little bit tight. But, uh, you know, I don't know that she's going to get a lot of reps and doubles of someone going heavy through the court to the forehand side over and over doubles. You kind of get one shot, two shots, but it's not that repetitive motion. So, uh, you know, for me, I'd want to work on those things in real kind of match practice and sets. And if I'm her coach, I set up the, the, uh, the matchups in practice for the people that are actually going to go after it, right? Those big hitters that can hit through the court. I'm scheduling those type of practices. Those are the reps that she needs right now. Coco Goff, top eight in the race in both singles and doubles. And she's only 18 years old. She's doing pretty good. Pretty solid. A lot more great. still to get to here on TC Lab. More highlights from Toronto, Montreal. Plus, Queen V makes a ruling. Venus Williams shares the one thing she would change about tennis if she was in charge. You might be surprised. Don't go anywhere. TC Live is presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th Anniversary Celebration. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Andy Paul, Steve, back on TC Live. Tennis.com, your online source for everything leading up to the U.S. Open and everything Serena Williams as she makes her farewell tour. Later on TC Live, we will let you know Williams' next opponent, a young superstar she'll face in the first round at Cincinnati. But first, one of her former opponents, Hall of Famer Lindsey Davenport, speaks about Serena in our Tennis Honor Series. And tennis has always um, been one of the lucky sports. Whereas we started as a pro sport in the 70s, 
um, and have always had these amazing champions. But it wasn't really until Serena came along that she really broke down a lot of barriers and really introduced the sport to a wide range of people all over the world. And all of a sudden, we had little girls wanting to be like Serena. We had a whole new set of fans that really got into the sport because of everything that Serena and Venus were able to accomplish and everything they stood for. I could see a change at all the tournaments and the excitement level that all of a sudden people had towards women's tennis into just seeing Serena and being able to see her play, getting to see her walk around. We had never had a champion like that before in our sport. Well said, LD. Can't wait to see Serena in Cincinnati when we come back. Tommy Paul having his best season, but he could he reach a master semifinal for the very first time? The answer on the way. Annika and Roddick Weissman back on TC Live as we head back to Montreal. Tommy Paul facing Dan Evans. This may have been low-key the most entertaining match of the day, Paul. Oh, this was so much fun to watch. Tommy Paul was incredible the first set. Offensive tennis, defensive tennis. Some of the best wheels you will ever see on a tennis court is for Tommy Paul. Look at this get. How does he cover this? That is unbelievable. Evans could not believe he got over there. Evans did a great job the second set. Changing momentum, started coming forward a little bit more, was able to use his slice and his variation to throw Tommy off. Couple of unforced errors from Tommy Paul in the second set. And the third, there was not much between them. Dan Evans got the early break, some great scrambling, and just a lot of variety in old school tennis in this match. Some chips, some approaches, little feel right here, cover from Evans. This was so much fun to watch. Great competitiveness, great athleticism. And a lot of different variety in the point structure. We don't get to see that too often. But Dan Evans, I'll tell you what, he is playing some terrific tennis in his early 30s. And for Tommy Paul, his best year so far and more to come. Both those guys looking to get to career highs. Paul, 41 winners. Evans saved six of eight break points. So would we get an all-British semifinal? We got the 20-year-old Jack Draper, Andy, taking on Pablo Carino Busta. It is not an easy physical time against PCB in most matches. And you will see Draper looking at his knees a little bit after that long point. Carreño Busta coming through an extremely tough first set. I actually thought Draper played a great set. And Carreño Busta, like he's known to do, just toughed him out a little bit. Uh, got him in some long rallies early, early in the second set. Is not what Draper was looking for at that moment. And then decided to pick his moments, hit line, hit that back, and actually hit a great forehand up the line that we're going to see right about there and he had set the pattern cross court the entire first set switched it up at the right time and uh was downhill skiing after that just really tough draper out the better physically maybe a little bit better mentally and uh listen draper showed a lot of good signs maybe he needs to work on the fitness a touch the pcb moving on solid as ever gave him the matumbo at the end gotta love that from pablo carina busta He'll take on Dan Evans in the semifinals. And then we got Hubie Hercotch and Casper Rude at the top. All those matches tomorrow right here on Tennis Channel. What is trending right now on social media? How about our guy Rafa Nadal? Not in Canada, but we have already seen him practicing in Cincinnati. And Andy Roddick, he has a chance to get back to number one in the world and be the top seed at the U.S. Open. If he wins Cincinnati and Daniil Medvedev doesn't make the quarterfinals, the Spaniard back to number one. How about it? 
I'm going to tell you something about Rafa Nadal. He doesn't get too ahead of himself very often. I think he's going to be worrying about his first match in Cincy. He probably has to feel uh, relatively good about his chance of finishing the year number one, which I would guess would be more important of uh, than, than when he actually gets it. Not much difference uh, between, aside from good storylines, being the number one seed, being the number two seed uh, at the U.S. Open. Uh, he's going to be more concerned with his health. He's going to be more concerned with his form and trying to get some matches in before the U.S. Open. Cool storyline going in but I don't think it's all that important uh, to Rafa personally. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be the end of the year, number one, which would be great and still uh, a lot of tennis to be played. And here's that potential, uh, potential road uh, to the title. And since he a lot of tough uh, tennis head and look, he's coming off of that stomach tear. That is not an easy thing to come back and just start serving freely from. He wants to play his best tennis at the biggest tournaments. This is a big tournament coming up. There's a bigger one in a couple weeks. So Rafa wants to play his way into shape. And if the ranking comes this week, great. If not, he's more about the moment that's right in front of his face. We've seen that for so many years. We're going to see it again in Cincinnati. U.S. Open chance to get to 23 major titles. That would tie Serena Williams and Serena's sister Venus just had a little Q&A on the Instagram the other day, and she was asked if she was in charge of tennis, what would she change? Well, Venus said she would eliminate the second night match in tennis and then immediately resign, Andy. What do you think of that change? <laughs> well, I, I got to be honest. Some of the best memories of my entire career uh, were playing the late night matches, not only in New York, but pretty much anytime stateside, because I was always playing after uh, guys named Pete and Andre uh, early in my career who got the preferential seven o'clock slot. So, but it is stressful. While I enjoyed the U.S. Open matches, while I was in those tournaments, it was really tough. You only had half a day recovery. There was a huge pressure set on it. So I totally get what Venus is saying, but maybe an emotional response because we do love those night matches. I love the fact that she would she would make that rule and then resign. I think that's <laughs> so smart. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> make a change and then immediately step down. I'm, uh, this is not going to happen anymore. I love uh, it. Thank you and good night. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to seeing Venus Williams in Cincinnati and, of course, in New York as well. A lot to get to still on TC Live. And, of course, we've got semifinal Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Starting in Toronto, TC Live will wrap up the coverage and got you covered. Encore all night long. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Hot shot of the day, Paul Anico. And this match had a ton of hot shots. Yeah, and look at the camera angle here. This is so fitting. Court side, court level. Evans thinks he hits a winner down the line. Look at the wheels of Tommy Paul. So many great gets in this point. Dan with a few words to his box in the corner there. But look at the wheels from Evans down the line. Nice little lunge. And that, my friends, is the hot shot of the day. Delivered with extra sauce. Spicy. Spicy hot shot of the day. <laughs> Good stuff. Here's our featured matches coming up Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Semi-final Saturday, Jess Pagula against Simona Halep. Rude and Hercotch. Haddad Maya taking on Karolina Pliskova. Bia has been killing it in Toronto. PCB and Daniel Evans. 
Let's head back as we continue to look to these matches. And you know what? We have been teasing it all show. So it's time to talk about it. Serena Williams, her first round opponent, Cincinnati, is going to be reigning U.S. Open champion Emma Raducanu. Andy, what do you think of this? I don't think it's going to be during the day in Cincinnati. I'll tell you that much right now. But uh, <laughs> listen, I actually, I actually thought Serena was hitting the ball pretty well um, uh, against Belinda Benches. I know she lost, and the scoreline was was pretty straightforward. I think the fact that she'll have a little bit more time again against Raducanu. Raducanu is not going to come out and hit flat inside the court, switch directions like Benchich was, and kind of bully Serena's movement. This is actually a good matchup for Serena, uh, needing to kind of get those reps going into New York. She's going to get a lot of balls to hit. She's going to get a look at a serve that's not going to blow her off the court. Uh, it's going to be kind of a pressure mechanism. Not, you know, nothing's like New York, but at least it's going to be a super hyped up match, I guess, like any would be right now with Serena Williams. But I actually like this matchup for Serena Williams to play to try to find some form to get into New York. Yeah, a few a few matches would be great to get under the belt. And and again, someone like Raducanu, she doesn't have the firepower, like Andy said, that can hit her off the court. She doesn't take the ball early like Benchich does to steal Serena's time. So this should give uh, Serena some rhythm where she can dictate what's going on. And if, if she can do that, then that's all she wants because then it's going to be up to her with what happens. And generally when it's up to her with what happens... Things tend to turn out pretty good over the years. I'll leave you all with this thought. When Emma Raducanu was born November of 2002, Serena was number one in the world, 19 titles, and four of those were Grand Slam singles titles. She was already a Hall of Famer at that point. Amazing Solid. stuff. For Andy Roddick and Paul Anico, and I'm Steve Wiseman. Thanks so much for joining us on TC Live. Serena's match, by the way, Monday night session, Cincinnati.